0: Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm joined by Chris Legg and Brent Starnes. This is Reconstructed Faith. Welcome back to the Reconstructed Faith Podcast. My name is Colson Lechner, alongside my partners in crime, Chris Legg and Bryn Starnes. And uh, today we're uh, jumping into the conversation about biblical contradictions. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. Um, Sounds good to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And this has kind of been, I mean, really what the our show is about, you know, we define we've been defining terms for a long time. We've been trying to understand people's stories and search for the truth. And so we're not, uh, we're not ones to shy away, or I hope we're never ones to shy away from, um, looking at apparent contradictions, looking at the Bible and facing those questions or conundrums or whatever you want to call them head on. And so I'm excited for us to, to dig into some of these questions. And so, um, Bryn can I throw it over to you? Because I I think you had a question to kind of kick off our conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering. So when it comes to just after kind of looking at some of the main websites, well, I guess there's a lot, but main websites that cover contradictions um, and some of the most common claims of contradictions. My question is, do you feel like... There are different headings when it comes to contradiction. So, for example, some of the ones that kind of stood out to me, and I'm curious, Chris, if you think that that they're able to be divided this way. And I know it depends on the person and how it affects them. But to me, it seems and I haven't done an exhaustive reading of all the contradictions because what people claim are contradictions there are thousands but yes um but it seems like they can be divided into a couple different headings so for example two that came to mind were one seemed to be verses that are out of context so if you haven't read scripture a ton or you just pull a verse out of a whole passage, like Christians are <laughs> known to do sometimes. Yes. Um, anytime a verse is printed on anything, I feel like we run that risk. But um, not hating on graduation cards, but you know, um, <laughs> but so I, feel I can like do some all things of them... a
2: misquoted <laughs> passage in scripture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so I feel like some of it is that where it's like, okay, if you are in a culture that Um, throws around a lot of Christian expressions or sayings and they're taken out of context and and you haven't had a lot of training when it comes to or, or haven't done a lot of reading the Bible for yourself some of them seem like that to me where it's like okay well but if if you had read more you would know that that's out of context so that's one right another one that comes up seems to be like a misunderstanding which is close to out of context, but just a misunderstanding of like a biblical concept, or if you're just looking at the words and not the big picture, biblical concept of like, how can that be true and that, Mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, if you're just looking at the words and you don't understand the biblical um, framework and the biblical narrative, then it would seem like a contradiction until you understand more about who God is or the story of salvation or something like that. And then it, Mm -hmm. it, comes together beautifully. So those are two that that seem like headings and then a third being okay, this does seem like at face value. I don't understand how these two things are possible and it's going to take a lot of digging or a lot more digging.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I think I think there are you know the, the what I encourage people to do when they run into when they hear about so there's kind of two different things here when they hear about a contradiction in scripture, And the first thing they need to do is go look at it because a decent percentage of the time, it's just it's just not there. Like, right? It's that someone in good faith or bad has claimed something is in the Bible that just isn't in the Bible.
1: Okay. Yeah, Um, that was the other. Okay.
2: And so that's the first thing you gotta do. do That we want to do is go look at it. Um, And so that's going to be one. Mm -hmm. And then, and a huge percentage of the time. It, it is intuitively, it's either a problem that the claimant has with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been one of the difficulties right now, as I've been searching around for a really good list of, of alleged contradictions in scripture. And the problem is, you know, some of them are, you know, they claim to be thousands of items long. And yet the first one is like, God is angry a lot. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. No, no, that's, that's a problem you have. That's not a contradiction. That's not actually a contradiction. Mm. Um, and, or um, yeah, it's a contradiction that God is loving and yet also kills people. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. okay, no, that's, that's not a biblical contradiction. Mm. The Bible clearly presents a God who reserves the right mm-hmm. to take human life and who is also patient and yet also just, et cetera. Like, that's not mm-hmm. an actual contradiction. That's just a general I don't like this about the God the Bible presents.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, not a contradiction. Right, I have seen those. So I feel like that's a
0: good thing for us to define then. Right. What is
2: a contradiction when we mean contradiction? So a contradiction is going to be when within, within the right context, within the correct context, that you've got two things claimed that cannot both be true at the same time and in the same way. So this is the classic definition, the classical understanding philosophically of what a contradiction is, and and one of our basic understandings of logic is what's called the law of non-contradiction. Two things, um, two things cannot be true if they contradict each other in the same time and in the same way. And so I think I mentioned last um, time on the podcast, like if I said I'm I'm a, I'm I'm being a bachelor this weekend, so you know that I'm not literally claiming that I'm I'm. Though I've been married thirty years, this weekend I'm suddenly not married. Like you know, I'm using that term euphemistically, so that's not an actual contradiction. You could say like, no, no, you can't be married and be a bachelor at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. okay, yes, you're right. I'm not literally a bachelor this weekend. Does that make sense? True. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at the so that would be that's that's not an actual contradiction. Um, though if if someone made a claim on it, it might have to be explained. Like, okay, that's I. I because I'm not I'm not using the word in the same way both times. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
2: so um so those would not be those would not be a contradiction because it the two things can't be true at the same time and in the same way. Mm-hmm. Or if I said um I was a bachelor, well that can be true because at one point I was. And so those <laughs> are you know if if I wrote in an article, you know, in 1992 that I was a bachelor, And then someone said, like, no, no, you're not a bachelor because you've been married 30 years. Like, no, no, those are at two different times. So it was true about me at this point. Now it's not true of me. So that's the idea of a non-contradiction. So, for example, a self-contradictory statement has to be false. So if I say no sentence has five words, (laughs) well, I've now... Created a sentence that has five words. So it is a self-contradictory statement and therefore must be false, nonsensical. Um, If I say there is no source of knowledge except empirical evidence, that's a (laughs) self-contradicting statement. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless I have empirical evidence to prove that empirical evidence is the only source of knowledge, Mm. it's a self-contradictory statement.
0: Right.
2: Um, And so it can't be true. It can't be accurate. There are no, there's nothing that is true. That's a self-contradictory statement. Like it, it, if, it, it, if it is true, it is therefore false and vice versa. So it's a self-contradicting statement. Therefore, it must be false. Mm-hmm. It must be a, a, a ridiculous, absurd statement. So what we would need be looking for in the Bible is two things, at least two things that are claimed at the same time, and in the same way, that cannot both be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, for example, one we will certainly run into is, how did Judas Iscariot die? And so, in one account, you have Judas um, hanging, being hanged to death, and then in another account, it says that he fell and burst open. Um, so, are those can those both be true? at the same time and in the same way. So could you argue he hanged himself and after he had hung a few days on a noose, his corpse rotted enough that he fell and that would explain how he burst open was because of the decaying that had happened to his body. So is that a contradiction or not? Well, it doesn't have to be because there is a way to understand both of those accounts in a Mm -hmm. way that both work. Um, that they can both be true at the same time or in the same way. Is that making sense? Mm-hmm. So that's what you've got to do is you've got to find an example of something that cannot both be true at the same time in the same way. And I'm going to acknowledge up front, some of these will feel either picky or someone might say like, oh, that's a stretch. Yes, that's that which is fine. Um, and we're even going to talk in a minute about what we will call true contradictions, but how that's a cultural Context, even that is a cultural thing. Um, mm-hmm. what we would consider a contradiction in the West might not be considered a contradiction a thought 2000 years ago or 4,000 years ago in the Middle East, yeah. um, or now in the Middle mm-hmm. East. And so a lot of what we look at contradictions or errors in the Bible are errors only in the 21st uh, century Western mind and would not be an error to the original authors. Um, and that's a, that's problematic when we ascribe an error or a contradiction to, like, if I say, um, uh, which I, I heard, by the way, I'm not, I don't have time to do much sports stuff, but usually I can safely say, use the example, the Cowboys got killed yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, although I hear they didn't. I heard they won I heard they killed 40, 40 to, to nothing. 40 to nothing. Wow. So who were they playing? Uh, The New York Giants. Okay. So if I said the Cowboys absolutely slaughtered the New York Giants yesterday, no, neither one of you or anyone listening is going to go, oh my gosh, did someone call the ambulance? Who got arrested? Did anyone get arrested? Did anyone get arrested? Oh my gosh, that's totally inappropriate. You can't do that at a football game. Like Mm -hmm. no one does that because in the correct cultural context, you know, precisely what I mean. Mm -hmm. And so... For example, um, we used, when we were teaching through 1 Samuel, we ran into, um, you know, one place, you know, Saul has an army of a, several hundred thousand soldiers, and then literally the next chapter, he has like 600 soldiers. Well, it's very likely, we know from military war language from 3,000 years ago from other cultures, that it's not uncommon that when, what they do when they mean it was, it was so big you couldn't count them all as they just throw a massive number at the wall. And mm-hmm. no one actually at the time probably thought, really, 200,000, that's amazing. He should have conquered Egypt then because no one has an army that big. That at the time, his audience would have known that meant, man, he had a he had a bunch of guys yeah. that not literally 200,000. Now, if that's accurate, and I'm not, I don't know for sure that it is, then maybe it's 200,000. But, but if that's accurate, understand that would not actually be an error any more than me saying the Cowboys slaughtered the Giants is an error. It's not an error. Um, it's a it's a contextual or a cultural language uh, device, um, and sometimes we know those and sometimes we don't. So of course I'm going to try to give. Uh, we're going to try to give the Bible the benefit of the doubt, but but we're not going to go overboard with that. Mm-hmm. Just so everyone knows, if they're listening, if you're someone who has contradictions that you really struggle with. Um, we want to look at them and engage with them honestly. but so let me give you another couple. There's prescriptive versus descriptive errors mm-hmm. that like um, God people will say, well, God says that there should only be you know a man, one man married to one woman. Um, it seems to be what he's saying in the book of Genesis. And yet you know David has extra wives, Abraham has extra wives, um, Jacob has extra wives, like that's a contradiction. Well, it's not of a contradiction. If, like it
1: seems like a contradiction of standard. Right.
2: But it's yep. not because one is descriptive. Abraham did have several wives. Jacob did have several wives. Um, that's a description. It's not prescribed that we ought to do the same thing. It doesn't ever say mm-hmm. like, and God said, hey, you know what? This is a much better way than I did it. Like we don't ever see that. And so the description, the difference between a prescription and a description is a mm-hmm. common, people think that's a common source of contradiction. Mm. I'm, I'm left with, I don't know why God does not openly condemn that they do that. right? Which I'm, I'm fine with that being an issue for somebody like, well, God should really be condemning that. Um, one, again, culturally, sometimes God condemns things scripturally without saying condemn, like it never seems to work out well when people have multiple wives um and that may be the lesson one of the lessons we're supposed to get is yeah that's not going well mm-hmm. um so one you check to see if it's in the bible second you see is this a um a deep like is this is this a deeply cultural held thing that that we would understand is it something that can be integrated um like the death of of um judas
1: and then or like even even when it comes to integration i even saw one that was like well do faith does faith save or works which is it like this it was listed as a contradiction because scripture talks about faith and works but that's like a perfect example of Hmm. integration of like understanding the bigger picture but they quoted like ephesians 2 and then romans 3 talking about like you know through faith and then you're not justified apart from, you know, like those verses anyway. Right. So integration, go ahead.
2: No, that's, that's, a, that's a really good point is that, um, that's one that is a, um, like that's a great example of a perceived contradiction. Um, that is, it just isn't, it's a contradiction. It's a tension that the scriptural authors are wrestling with themselves, mm-hmm. That, that literally they're wrestling with what is the role of faith and what is the role of works and and whole chapters in the Bible written wrestling through that tension. I consider that almost bad faith to claim that that's mm-hmm. like to go, to to claim that that is um, a contradiction in the Bible when <laughs> it is a difficulty that the Bible is honestly, openly, the authors of the Bible are honestly and openly engaging with. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's irritating if, if someone says you know, well, the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible is, you know, um, only gives easy answers to certain things. Yeah. And there's a contradiction like, no, it's the passages there are about this very issue. Mm-hmm. So anyway. The the other thing I'm, I'm curious to
0: is like with, uh, I think a, a lot of these contradictions can um, appear marginal in a lot of ways, right? right. It's like, it doesn't alter the main um, the message of what's going on. Like as far as Jesus dying on the cross, right? those types of things. Or am I, am I, is that a, a, is that an accurate statement of like, I feel like from the conversations we've had, a lot of the contradictions that we've looked into don't change, like whether it, whether the Article is supposed to be the or uh, or she or he or you know like those types of things. It's like okay, th- those sort of. I mean, I guess, and that's the wrong idea of a contradiction. Then I'm I'm not I'm not with I'm not going into the same definition. I guess right yeah. right no. But I'm just you, saying like a a lot of those things. If somebody's like yeah well but Christians like they they kind of shy away from sometimes addressing these contradictions right. Do you think that some people don't go into it like searching for contradictions because it's like, well, it, if you look at it with honest eyes, most of the time it's not altering the message. And so if you're trying to live about the message, you might not even care that much about little contradictions. Right. I don't, yes. does that make sense? Yes. I'm not trying to make, I don't know if oh. what I'm saying is right. I mean, I think. I'm just like, I feel like some people in the Christian faith are like, I mean, I I don't really spend a whole lot of time thinking about this. And I feel like people who right. have the questions might be like, why don't you spend time thinking about this?
2: This is a, yeah, I, I there's a lot of fun with the idea of, and, and, and you have to be careful with this, but that often, sometimes Christians will almost take the attitude of like, I don't care. Right. And which in some level is okay, because... Um, and if you come at it from the correct perspective, meaning mm-hmm. if this turns out, if listen, if you turn out to be right, that um, you know, I don't, I don't know that that Sam, first, the second Samuel says that that Joshua killed eight hundred men, mm-hmm. but First Chronicles eleven says he killed three hundred men. And of course there's a way in which those could mm-hmm. both be true because or, or, 800 is definitely 300. Exactly. But, or it's like, but Goliath was this tall or right. he was this tall. Right. And it's like, and okay. you go, okay, so if that's, if that's it and it turns out, no, there actually is a true actual contradiction Um, that, that it would be, it's totally appropriate for a Christian to say, yeah, that really has no bearing on whether Jesus lived, died mm-hmm. and rose from the grave. It is not true That any, any type of contradiction anywhere in scripture means we have to throw the whole thing out. That is, that's an absurd statement or that anything in scripture has to that something in scripture has to be taken figuratively. Therefore, everything has to be taken figuratively. Of course not. That's absurd. Um, But those are, those are the times I'm I'm telling you, you will be so disappointed when you start digging into the preponderance of these contradictions are so poor. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there's one or two that I think are legit, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get there before we're done, that I don't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. But what's wild to me is those, those are never the ones that, that people on the other side of the aisle bring up to me. They never bring up the hard ones. They bring up... So literally, okay, so I, I searched biblical contradictions. Okay? Yeah. I went to the, the first option on Google is the American Atheist website. Atheist.org slash activism, slash resources, slash biblical dash contradictions. This was Google's first offering to me. Let's look at several. It says, let's look at several contradictions. Exodus 20, verse 8 says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Romans 14, 5 says, one man esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. That is the number one contradiction, biblical alleged biblical contradiction listed on the number one Google page of the American Atheist website. Hmm. That is in no way a contradiction. That is the Apostle Paul engaging with the question of different people from different religious backgrounds and how they esteem different days. And many of the people who he's talking to are Greek, not Jew, and would not, have honored the Sabbath their whole life. And he's saying that doesn't need to be a deal breaker. That's the purpose of Romans 14. And yet again, I go, oh, this is going to be fascinating. I can't wait to see what great biblical contradictions they come up with. And that's the first one mm-hmm. on their highest page. And I'm like, that's a joke. Mm-hmm. That's a, that is not. Or Ecclesiastes 1. Here's the number one, second one. Ecclesiastes 1, four. the earth abideth forever. But 2 Peter 3.10 says, the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So let's talk context for a second. Ecclesiastes is not a statement of truth. It is not a book that is filled with statements of nothing but raw truth. It is a statement of the perspective of a man who's running an experiment on his own life. There's truth there, but you can't just take a... Five word phrase out of the middle of Ecclesiastes and claim that it is the it is somehow God or God's word claiming that this five word phrase is truth. Um, it's a it's a wild concept. But on top of that, Second Peter three ten is not claiming that there will not be an earth. There will be an earth. It won't be the exact same earth because the earth is going to be cleansed. Which is the point that Peter is making in Second Peter is that the earth will be cleansed. So not only are these not contradictory from their own perspective, not only does this completely misunderstand the context, but these two passages actually support one another. Again, that's the second one listed, and and I just this is this is when I kind of you know mm-hmm. start losing my patience. I don't know where to find an mm-hmm. actual competent list of yeah. contradictions. Um. So I've got a book that well, I'm going to be looking at that it, allegedly is go for it. I've been talking too much.
1: Well, I was just saying some of it too, I think, and we've talked about this before, but some of it is just, I think goes back to a question of like, I don't even know some people. Um, yes. It's like a misunderstanding or like you're saying, they they haven't dug in to understand how they're integrated. But then I think some of it is just a question of is scripture trustworthy, which we have talked about, but I think, I think some of these lists, Yeah. Sometimes I've found several that they take things very seriously that are like, like you're saying, it's like, wait, why is this a hang up? But I think some of it is just like, okay, overall, we're proving that scripture is not trustworthy. So it's not even that each individual one is momentous in their mind, but it's that all of them together prove that scripture isn't trustworthy. And so I think that's, that's why for a lot of people, and it depends on how you, how you think, but I think for some people, it's helpful to dig into those small ones and um, or at least enough of them, like you're saying, where it's like, oh, OK, I, I feel much better about this already, right. or in your case, disappointed, yeah. <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> but um, but like, I I think it's important to dig into a few of those just if you're new to studying this, because I think it can have that effect. So even if cumulatively, they're not they're not that many that are important for Um, faith conversations, it's the conversation of like, wait, if there's this many, is scripture trustworthy? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I think sometimes it's helpful for people to start there, even if, you know, you just take a couple, not that we have to do it now, but I'm saying for people, if this is the first time that you've been engaging with this sometimes that's the question that people Mm -hmm. are asking is like, wait, is scripture trustworthy and Mm -hmm. then dig into the meat of them? I don't know or something
0: I, I think so or something too. could feel like feel really contradictory. Like I know what you were saying earlier but for somebody who real, who is like okay, I really believe that the earth was formed over millennia. Right. And somebody who's like no, I really believe that what it was 7 days of creation and that's kind of what got our our earth to where we are today. Right. Those I feel like the perspective of the interpretation of scripture can feel contradictory. Is that is that an accurate thing to say, or am I saying that weird? Uh, no i I think there's something very much so. I'm just saying, like, for somebody who doesn't understand, if they're just if they just make an assumption, like, yes, oh well, the if you're a Christian, then you can't believe in science. It's like right I, the that's not a <laughs> biblical thing. That's, that's right. A, that's a personal thing, right? Which I feel like that would feel, yes, contradictory it, yeah, in a way. And so it's like, I don't, I don't know where that falls <laughs> in the, the contradiction uh, conversation. So
2: you know, it does not. So it does not belong in the biblical contradiction conversation. Yes, what that belongs in is in the general trustworthiness of Scripture conversation. Yes. What does Scripture claim to which be? Which we've talked what is about. It? I yes, know we have, we have. Yeah, and yeah. so whether and and even a hermeneutics conversation is how do we interpret Genesis one or Genesis two or Genesis three mm-hmm. and what do they how do we interpret them and what is being said there? It feels like a contradiction because our scientific understanding, our empirical evidence seems to reveal one thing, mm-hmm. and the scripture seems to reveal something different. Now, the law of non-contradiction would tell us we have to be wrong with at least one of them, maybe both. It isn't that science has to be the the empirical evidence. Sorry, there's no such thing as the science. That's such a anyway. The empirical evidence science has no authoritative power. Is it? it's a it's the a, science, yeah, the science. Um, but any more than the Bible. By the way, don't do that. Don't don't fall into both. The, well, the Bible says like, okay, it might. It says for example, what I just read: the earth shall last forever, or you know, whatever that doesn't mean the Bible is making that claim. That somehow God is making the claim the Earth abideth forever. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so again, be careful with either one of those. Don't quote okay. the science or quote the Bible as though those are yeah. it, everything that comes out of the Bible is not equal. Yeah. Um, and so. But what you're saying, I feel like, is
0: helpful because I, I as I'm hoping that we continue to have conversations with people who are really struggling. Right. Hopefully, we can just help delineate for our listeners like this truly this question really is a contradiction. Yes. And so I feel like that's a good thing for us to keep in mind is like is this a hermeneutics question right. is this an authority of scripture question or is this a biblical contradiction question.
2: Yes. This is so and so a biblical contradiction would need to be would would need to be they are in the same way in the same time in the same place a contradiction. Yes. And so uh, probably the, you know, our best sources for potential contradictions when we work our way there should actually be the gospels because it's four Mm -hmm. different authors writing about the same or similar experiences. And so that would be the best place where we would look for, are there contradictions, true contradictions between the way John Mm explains something between the way Matthew explains something Mm -hmm. um, because that that's actually a pretty good, I mean, that'd be pretty tough. All four men, from different backgrounds, writing, two of them um, eyewitnesses, two of them not eyewitnesses. Yeah. And man, that, that should be riddled with contradictions. I mean, you get four yeah. people to watch the same video, the same 15 second video, and then write a summary of it, and you will, they will be riddled with contradictions. Mm-hmm. Um, we ran a study when I was at A&M where they, um, uh, where they, they showed people a video and then had a questionnaire afterwards. And one of the questions, they had a whole, the questions were identical, except for one question, which one was, um, did the windshields break when the cars collided? And the other test said, did the windshield break when the cars smashed into each other? And the best predictor of whether or not someone thought the windshields broke was not whether they saw video with windshields breaking. It was whether the word smashed was used. Funny. Why? <laughs> and so for human beings, if you hear, if someone asks you, did the cars, did the windshields break when the cars smashed into each other? Apparently the answer is yes. But if it's collide, <laughs> apparently the answer is no. And so that shows how terrible we are as eyewitnesses. Yeah, and so
1: eyewitnesses of the same frame and the same yes, the exact same perspective.
2: Yeah, exact same angle, exact same perspective, exact same few seconds. Yeah, and then we have we have four men, two of which are eyewitnesses, two were secondhand um, uh, testimony gatherers, and they are describing some of the same events. the The events should be so radically different. I mean, they should be have nothing in common. And yet they are shockingly similar. However, how do we, uh, if we find any contradictions, that would be at least interesting, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So you guys, you guys are going to love this. I literally was scanning down through these other top, again, uh, let me emphasize the top choice, the top Google search website with the top examples and item one, two, three, four is human sacrifice. And it is from Leviticus, do not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Molech, neither thou shalt profane the name of God, which Mm. technically is about Molech worship, not about human sacrifice. But Mm -hmm. I will also, I will acknowledge if the person knew scripture better, they would know that human sacrifice is forbidden scripturally. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: I kid you not, the contradiction is the story of Jephthah um, making an oath to God and then potentially sacrificing his daughter Mm -hmm. when he comes home from victory. Yeah. Which God in no way instructs mm-hmm. Jephthah to do. Yeah. all his. there's all Jephthah. Jephthah's ideas. And we don't even know that he actually did it. But if he did kill his own child, he like does Like we don't it. know
1: that he did it, meaning like physically killed her.
2: We don't know if he actually literally killed her or not, because the Bible doesn't actually say that. He promises that he will. It seems like probably he does. My opinion is that he actually probably does. Um, though he may not, we again, we don't know. But again, but it's not like God was pleased with That, that. is the prescriptive versus descriptive example that yeah. we gave a minute ago. And so mm-hmm. I love because uh, sometimes I will even say the prescriptive versus descriptive, and people are like, "Oh, no one actually throws those out there." Well, yeah, the athe- American Atheist website item four on their contradictions page is a raging example of that. Mm -hmm. Now they put a little note says, remember, God is omniscient and knows the future. He should have stopped this. Well, that's your judgment call. That Mm -hmm. is not a biblical contradiction. We can debate that whether you think God has the authority or has the responsibility to stop moral evil in the world. Um, That's a debate we can have. Um, But uh, this is not like this is a, a great example of that is an a total error of the prescription versus descriptive type. Um,
1: mm-hmm. So, so just to catch us up to speed for my own sake, <laughs> yes. so, or to summarize. So when you start from the beginning, when it comes to contradictions, first you ask, um, is it actually there? Is it actually in the Bible or is it one of those things that, because we have talked about before, there are a lot of things that we quote that are not actually in scripture. Yes. Um looking at you, God helps those who help themselves themselves. (laughs) But, um, so see if it's actually in scripture, then from there, see if it is something like that, where it's, um, descriptive, not prescriptive. And then from there, um, see if there is a way that the biblical concepts integrate. If, when you understand the bigger picture, is that what you had said? Yes. Um, yep. And then, from there, if it still seems to be a contradiction, then go from there and and do more digging
2: is absolutely and 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 we will um, here here's another one that we will run into a few times is remember, remember what's actually happening in these passages. So, let's take, for example, um discussing with a group last night questions and stuff. Um, the, a question came up about, Uh, a perceived difference between two of the gospel accounts, one being in Mark and one being in John, if I remember correctly. Um, And we talked about it, but we talked about the fact that John had a copy of Mark. Like John quotes Mark. He quotes Matthew. He quotes Luke. Mm. And so what we have is an example of John did not feel like it was necessary to throw out Mark because he and the author Mark may have had a different perspective on a certain event. So he didn't go like, oh, well, Mark claims this happened. Well, that's not right. I need to throw out the book of Mark. This is not a true gospel. Um, even if they had a different perspective on the same event. Instead, he writes his experience of that event, which may or may not contradict Mark. We can talk about that at some point. But, um, but notice he still cites Mark about other things. So he considers Mark a trustworthy witness for many things. He just has a different memory of this specific event that may or may not be actually contradictory. Mm-hmm. That it may be that both of them could happen. Some people think they could. Some people think they couldn't. But this was huge to me—the recognition that that these. So we've we've done it enough in, in in um, Samuel, where we have you know Saul wipe out the Amorites, Ammonites, the Ammonites. Um, He just wipes them out. Like he claims every man, woman and child, like he's killed everybody, but the king. And then they kill the king right then. The problem is like four chapters later, you have Ammonites running around. Well, the same guy wrote this book. He didn't Mm -hmm. think of that as a contradiction. So, Mm he must have understood the idea of slaughtering all the Ammonites as not literally meaning slaughtering all the Ammonites. I slaughtered them all he, in this zip code. <laughs> well, that's probably what it means is mm-hmm. in this battle, the ones who fought me, mm-hmm. I killed. Yeah, Everyone who ran or hid or whatever, like, no, I didn't hunt them down. I don't mean literally every mm-hmm. single man. That, again, that's war language. Um, and so that to me is, is an example. You have to look internally Mm -hmm. It's not probably appropriate for us to consider it a contradiction if the original author did not consider it a contradiction. Um, Mm. Because they understand that that what that would indicate is kind of like I said about, you know, the the Cowboys killing the Giants. So if I say the Cowboys absolutely slaughtered the Giants, I mean, they just killed all of them. And then, and then I'm like, and next week, the Giants are going to be playing the Rams. You'd be like, wait, I thought the Giants were all dead. Well, (laughs) Contextually, we understand it perfectly well. And they would have understood contextually perfectly well that language then, too. Hmm. We didn't just invent this. So, anyway. So,
1: would you say a good next step for people when it comes to digging into these is maybe, like, just starting with, like, reading the whole chapter that it's found in Absolutely. or something s- simple like that where it's, yeah, definitely do digging and and we can give more um suggestions on how to to research but i think that seems like a practical next step of like just read the this portion of scripture that it's found in um you know and then that may be a, a good way of realizing like what you're saying of oh this isn't even viewed as a, a contradiction you know by the author or whatever
2: <laughs> sorry i'm just i'm still scanning down through these Alleged contradictions. They only offer, on this main page, they only offer like 12. And they're just all terrible. <laughs> like they need, okay, to hire, so they need to hire me to write their contradictions page. I could do a better job.
1: Are there Christian. any that you're seeing that are um, like a bad example of contradictions for another reason than the ones we've just talked about? Um, I
2: mean, the context would it is the, the same time and in the same way. We have Genesis thirty two thirty. I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And then, no John one eighteen. No man hath seen God at any time.
1: Yeah, I've seen that one.
2: And and you're like, okay, they are clearly not described. One John had certainly read Gen- Genesis thirty two, and so John yeah. did not think of himself as contradicting Genesis thirty two. This is clearly talking about this the a different way of seeing God. Hmm. Um. And and what John is talking about is is the the nature of the what it means to see God in this way in John one eighteen is clearly not what's being described in Genesis thirty two and again you're right if you went and read those chapters you would realize oh these aren't this is like I'm batching it this weekend mm-hmm. like this is using the concept of seeing God in two very different ways. Mm-hmm. And so they don't contradict each other because they're not talking about the same thing they though, and again, I just I love the idea of taking a passage, you know ten words out of Genesis and comparing them to seven words out of John, as if yeah. as if that that type of collation is supposed to be something you can do throughout scripture, but um, because of that, but it's um I mean here's a here's an obvious. With God, all things are possible. Matthew nineteen twenty six, And then Judges one nineteen. 19. The Lord was with Judah and he drove out the inhabitants of the mountain, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron. Um, that's just, again, that's just poor contextual understanding. It mm-hmm. is not the Lord that can't drive out the inhabitants. It is Judah. That is the, he is the, 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 he here is Judah, not, not the God. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> so, and mm-hmm. so that's a, uh wow um impressive man it's just imp- it's impressive how bad these are i, I hate to mo- i don't mean to mock and i know maybe it sounds like i'm mocking i just i feel like i am being mocked by these being the best examples that they can throw out there mm. and their number have seen, one
1: well i mean i have seen some though that are like we talked about they are hard concepts even for christian like they're conceptual. So it's not just the verses, but it's like, Hey, these two verses represent concepts that are hard for anyone to grasp, you know, like, um, like does God permit harm to good Christians is one. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, there are, you know, there are a lot of verses that are like, um, talking about that. And so I, I think some of it, yeah, I think some of it is, Mm -hmm. I don't know that all of them are backed by a a lot of research or hard work, but then there are some that seem to be um, talking more about like, these are problems that I have with Christianity in general. And here are two verses Mm -hmm. that demonstrate this concept. You know what I mean? Oh,
2: listen, last week or last, whenever it was, last time we, we met when I, the last podcast, the one you threw out there, Bryn about the character of God being God who does not tempt someone and then there yeah. seems this is this is a character's trait of God. It's a statement about God. God does not tempt people, and yet then we have examples that it, it looks a lot like that. I, not. I wish I could say I'm surprised. I'm not that your example of a what what is a perceived contradiction is much stronger than anything on the main American atheist website.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, those are that's a that's a much more difficult one to unpack, and is is a much more uh authentic potential contradiction mm-hmm. um and which i really appreciate like it's not i i just you know what what i'm what i'm tempted to mock is if these are the contradictions that drive you into treating the bible as absurd you you need yeah. to do a lot more homework
1: then, yeah yeah the totally. bad news is
2: that doesn't mean there aren't some in there that are really hard like you said i totally yeah, agree yeah i know that makes sense But the
1: ones that seem like to be, it's like, do you actually think Christianity is that shallow that those, those particular arguments are the ones that dismantle it in your mind?
2: Oh gosh. Yeah. How it's insulting to think like, I'm so dumb that this, that these didn't chase me off. Right. Like, uh, (laughs) oh, if you had any intelligence at all, you would not accept the Bible because look at this. Uh, Ecclesiastes nine seven says, "Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart." But 1 Corinthians seven thirty says, "They that rejoice as though they rejoice not." I'm not kidding that that's one of their examples on this.
1: Yeah, and well, like,
2: yeah, man, you're you, man got me. I, I don't have any way to engage with those two things, like. You've got the whole Bible to choose from, and that's what you pick. You guys are... You've probably not seen... We may have even talked about this. You've not seen the movie um, Roxanne with Steve Martin. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, Bryn, you haven't either. It's a no. retelling of the Cyrano de Bergerac story. Uh, oh, interesting. Um, it's its really well done. It's very funny. Um, I don't think there's anything truly inappropriate in it. I think Daryl Hannah runs around without clothes on, but she's hidden the whole time. You can't see her. It's just supposed to be funny that... Uh that Steve Martin doesn't think to bring her clothes under those situation under the situation. But it's it's a worthwhile movie. It's very funny. But he has that huge nose, the Cyrano de Bergerac yeah. has. Well, there's a scene where he's in a bar and this kind of thug guy is, you know, they, they're talking back and forth and the thug guy goes, oh yeah, well, something, something, big nose. And Steve Martin turns around and is like, really? I give you this to work with? And the I best you can you. come up with is Big nose, <laughs> On a, like I gave you all this, and so then there's this famous scene from the movie where, where uh, Steve Martin has to give twenty somethings better, twenty better insults for his own nose, and and they're they're just they're brilliant. There actually ends up being like thirty four of them. The the movie intentionally miscounts because apparently they wanted to use all of them. Um, <laughs> but uh, he he delivers these brilliant. Uh, insults against his own nose and and honestly that's how I feel when I read something like this I'm yeah. like you have the whole Bible to work with and you're and you're taking a verse from the middle of Ecclesiastes and comparing it to a verse in first Corinthians 7 that honestly have absolutely nothing to do with each other they don't contradict each other they're in no way connected and they're two totally different forms of literature it's like this this is it. Like this this is the best you got. Man, I could give you 20 yeah. better ones. Um, well,
1: it seems like there are two there are two um you know, groups of people who claim contradictions. One is people who are actually seeking and come against walls that that are truly causing them to question the authenticity of scripture and then another group that <laughs> just uses anything that they've already decided that they're not going to follow Christianity. And so they use anything no matter how small or weak or they don't, they haven't even, it seems like they haven't even done a lot of research to see if the things that they're listing are accurate, but it's just like, Oh, let's pile on more. See Christianity is, is laughable. Right. Um Because I even found a quote on one of the websites that I was reading that said to be an atheist, one need only be able to laugh when such obvious nonsense is offered as being divine truth, divine truth in quotes. Um, and it's, you know, it, it is a, a more of a mocking tone, but we know that not everyone who claims contradictions to the Bible have that. So it right. seems to be kind of two different groups of people. The unfortunate part is a lot of the, the the group that is potentially just piling up whatever they can find against a faith that they have decided not to follow is affecting people who are actually searching because of the the sheer magnitude of the amount of things that are being quoted you know so it's like oh there's a thousand contradictions and if you are actually someone who's searching for oh is the bible trustworthy then you don't even know where to start when it comes to a thousand because You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, well, that's that's so overwhelming. Like, I don't even know if I can dig into all of those. But this website says that there are a thousand.
2: Right. (laughs) Do you remember do you remember there was a kid who I told you a kid? I mean, he was a college student um, who I told you all about on the podcast. Maybe maybe I mean, way back that he actually said um, that he had walked away from his faith because of all the contradictions in the Bible.
1: Yeah. And when I
2: asked him about it and he said, well you know i learned about him at school that there's there's all these kind of, i was like okay which one was the tipping point like which one was it that you thought oh wow i cannot tolerate this anymore yeah and he's and he said it's no no it's not that there wasn't any just one it was just the fact that there's so many
1: exactly yeah
2: and he couldn't remember a single one and yet he had been told so often by by these different people in authority oh there's so many and he had just come to trust that versus one, even if there are, that does not necessarily make the case of Christ absurd. Right, right. Second, if there are, I would argue, there aren't many and, and there aren't, there, it may be that there are truly none in the originals, but even if there are, like I feel like there's plenty of ways to engage with them. There's authentically plausible ways to engage with them. Anyway, I just I just feel like there's a lot of, there's some work to be done here, but I would encourage anybody. If, if back to what we said many times, if you discover something that troubles you with this, as you're like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with this contradiction." One, good for you for doing the work, yeah. digging yeah, in, totally. Check and make sure it's there. Check and make sure that it's not an obvious contextual difference that just anybody who spends two minutes looking at it can spot that it's an actual contradiction. It's not two different books talking about two different things with 2000 years between them with two totally different forms of literature. Like don't it's, it's okay to to do to, to do a little bit of work there. And then if you don't look it up mm-hmm. um, or send it to us. Yeah. And I mean, we're not God's gift to all of this stuff, mm-hmm. but there, I promise you it may be new to you. It may even be new to me, but it isn't new. Yeah. Um, Most of us who are Christians know more about the potential than those who aren't. Yeah, totally.
1: And I think it's like you're saying, I think it's also okay. Once you've done your own searching, if you're still wrestling to send it to someone, I mean, I do that. That's why I ask, you know, Chris and Chris and other people of people who have a greater biblical understanding Hey I'm still coming into a problem with this. Can you help me understand because you have a greater knowledge of scripture or historical context or Greek or whatever it is. Find an expert who can help you walk through it, but I know we're we're about out of time, but maybe next episode we can dig I know we didn't get to a lot of specifics of the the true apparent the the contradictions that pose
2: uh, we're going to make people wait a little bit on but that. But I,
0: I
1: do like that we laid a, good,
0: <laughs> uh, laid, laid a good foundation for if somebody's dealing with them right now, here are some good questions to, to ask. Yeah, you know, Here totally. are things to look at and then how to kind of go about con- continuing that on that journey of looking rather than just like, okay, well, there are some contradictions. Oh, well. Or yep. apparent apparent yeah. contradictions, I should say. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate Absolutely. it. And if you have anything that's burning in your brain that you're like, man, I really want to hear what they have to say about this contradiction or apparent contradiction or something like that. Shoot me an email at yeah. C Lechner at info at South Spring. No. Nope. C Lechner at South Spring. There you go. Dot org.
2: Yep. Awesome. Very cool. Great.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up. Trust God. Search for answers.